You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Is God Dead? Hello my radio friends. I'm glad you've joined me today because I'll be sharing with you an important topic that seems to be reasonably widespread in some places. Recently, my wife and I spent some time overseas and we were dismayed to, dismayed to hear that in at least two instances ministers of churches had been proclaiming to their congregations that God is dead. I want you to understand that I do not agree with what they've said but I thought it would be beneficial to examine this topic as there must be people who listen to this program who wonder about God and whether he is indeed real and or alive. For those who don't entertain such thoughts, then I hope this program will be helpful to you to consolidate your faith and give you information which may help you in discussions with others who are unbelievers. The expression, God is dead, presupposes that God was once alive. So if God was once alive, when did he die? Was it a couple of million years ago, or was it in the 20th century? Where was it reported that God had died? Certainly such report is not to be found in the Bible. And the Bible, of course, is much less than two million years old. Then one has to ask, well, what did God die from? Was it old age, an infectious disease, some genetic disorder or even maybe an accident? With regard to old age, the Bible has this to say in Psalm chapter 90, verse 2. It says, From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So if God is dead, it couldn't have been of old age, an infectious disease, or any of those things previously listed. Was it something else? In all the research I've put into this topic, there is nothing to suggest that God is dead, apart from what comes out of the mind of man. The Bible the world's oldest book, has nothing to say about God being dead. In fact, the very opposite is true. The Bible says that God is very much alive and well, and it is due to his power and existence that the world keeps spinning on its axis and the necessary conditions for human survival happen. So where did this idea that God is dead come from? And secondly, why do some people 
living in the 21st century, maintain or promote that idea. The God is Dead philosophy was articulated by Friedrich Nitschke, a German philosopher who lived in the second half of the 1800s. He wrote this, God is dead. God remains dead, and we have killed him. Must we ourselves become God simply to be worthy of it? For all his postulations, we can confidently say that Nitschke is dead. In fact, he died in 1900. But despite the lack of evidence to support his allegations about God, God lives on. So why would such a high-profile person as Nitschke make such a bold, far-reaching statement claiming that God, who is eternal, is dead? Well, I think the answer is simply this. He wanted to get God out of the way. Nitschke believed that the idea of God was no longer necessary in fact, was irrelevant, because man was evolving to a place where mankind could create a deeper and more satisfying master mortality of its own. In other words, man becomes his own god and determines his own morality and destiny. But the Bible boldly pronounces that the person who denies the existence of God is a fool, someone who has deceived himself. And this is what the Bible says in Psalm 14.1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. So now, <clears throat> what are the implications if Nitschke was right? Well, there are at least five. A. If God is dead, then there are no moral absolutes and no universal standard to which all people should conform. B. If God is dead, there is no purpose or rational order in life. C. If God is dead, any design seen in the universe is projected by men who are desperate to find meaning in life. D. If God is dead, man is independent and totally free to create his own values. And lastly, if God is dead, the real world, as opposed to heaven and hell, is man's only concern. Now back to point A. So, what is a moral absolute? Well, it's a law, if you like, that points out that certain actions are right or wrong. There are no deviations suggesting that an action may be right in certain circumstances or wrong in others. An example of a moral absolute is that a lie is a lie whether it's called a white lie or a blatant lie. 
Sometimes you may come across the term false witness, which simply means to tell a lie. Since God is supreme and much more intelligent and wise than the greatest human beings, what he says is absolute and binding. With God out of the way, man takes the liberty to make up his own set of rules. Now to point B. With God out of the way, there is no purpose or rational order in life. That is so true. If human beings were not created, and the universe in which we live just happened out of a meaningless and of haphazard circumstances, then we and the environment in which we live just happened with no planning, design or meaning. Being a human de being has no dignity, and if one regards himself, himself or herself as, as nothing more than an overgrown piece of slime. Now, I didn't say that very well, but if people just came from slime, where is the dignity in that? But <clears throat> the Bible tells us plainly that God created man in his own image and in his own likeness. And that's found in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And besides that, after God created man, he provided meaning. And this is found in Genesis 1.28 where he said to Adam and Eve, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves over the face of the earth. The meanings were to procreate, and to take care for the environment. Brought to its lowest terms, man's task was to love and care. And this is in strong contrast to what evolution teaches, that is, to survive at all costs, including the expense of other people and the environment. Now, point C. If God is dead, then design seen in the universe is an oddity. Nitschke is not the only one to proclaim God is dead. Evolutionists have been singing this tired old tune for many years. They, however, go one step further and simply deny God's existence. Yet it's obvious that the world is full of things that show complex design and could not, even with the wildest stretch of imagination, have self-formed. Take, for example, the simplest form of life, the single cell. It is so complex that its workings have been likened to that of the city of New York, for something such as that to have self-formed and to successfully function takes a very clever 
and powerful creator, God. Now point D. If God is dead, man is independent and totally free to create his own values. That means there cannot be any absolutes, no absolute truth, no absolute laws. As issues are agreed upon, they then, because of majority decision, become the laws appropriate for that time. The same-sex marriage issue is a good case in point. In Australia, the vote goes appears to go to a plebiscite to the people. If the majority of Australians vote yes, the same-sex marriage becomes legal. But as one reads the Bible, there is no case to be made supporting same-sex marriage. Homosexuality and lesbianism are contrary to the order of things God put into place and are therefore condemned. Yet, I want you to know that God loves everyone regardless of their sexual orientation and he wants everyone to be saved. Now, the next point. If God is dead, the real world as opposed to heaven and hell are man's only concern. That means if God is dead, there is no place for anything beyond what we see and experience on this earth because that is all there is. We're born, we live, we die, and that's it. And if that's all there is, it isn't much. If that's all there is, there's no reason to eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. There would be no reason to live a temperate and charitable life, concerned for the less fortunate. If someone is born with a life-threatening disease, well, there's no need to be concerned about them, for eventually they will die. Their death would be the end of a meaningless life, a life as meaningless as the death of someone who lives to be a hundred. But there is within man a desire to have meaning. There is compassion and love. And these things cannot be plausibly explained if God is dead. I recently came across some statistics about the national belief in God. It was from a survey conducted by the University of Chicago and it was released in April 18, 2012. The results are given as percentages of those who don't believe in God and those who say that they know without a doubt that God exists. You may be very interested in the results. The percentages of those who are not sure if God exists or not have not been recorded. 
And I'm going to share with you the results of this survey straight after the break. particular piece of music is from the Heritage Singers. They were singing there an old hymn to a modern setting. Now about this survey, about people who don't believe in God and people who say, I know without any doubt that God exists. 
We have a number of countries given. East Germany, that's the eastern side of Germany now, 52% said, I don't believe in God. Eight said, I do. In the Czech Republic, 40% said, no, I don't believe in God. 11% said, yes, I do. In France, 23% said, no, 16% said, yes. In Great Britain, it's almost even, 18% said, no, I don't believe in God, and 16% said, yes, I do. Now Australia, 16% said, no, I don't, and 25% said, yes, I do which means that more Australians, according to this survey, believe that God exists than those who don't. New Zealand, 13% no, 26% yes. West Germany, 10% no, 27% yes. Japan, 9% no, 4%. Yes. Russia, rather startling, 7% said no, 31% said yes. Israel, 6% said no, 23% said yes. In the United States, 3% said no, 61% said yes. And the country which believes, or the people responding to this survey who said, I know without doubt that God exists is probably the highest. 1% said, I don't believe in God. And 84% said yes. You may remember at the outset of this broadcast, I said that I've heard of some clergymen ministers of so-called Protestant churches publicly state from the pulpits of those churches where they were preaching that God is dead. How could such churchmen employed to promote the scriptures, employed to build up spirituality in the congregations they serve, employed to promote belief and faith in God, say such things. I would like to suggest that these preachers are what the Bible calls false prophets and antichrists. I'd also like to suggest that these preachers have spent more time with books about human philosophy rather than with God's word, the Bible. And I would like to suggest also that the denominations and or congregations these people serve should cease to invite such speakers to their pulpits and in some cases cease to employ them. Worldly philosophy has no place in the Christian life. How does one measure and what standard can be used to determine if someone is telling the truth or not. I suggest to you 
that the only reliable standard is the Word of God, the Bible. The Bible itself safeguards God's people with warnings and admonitions about those who distort the truth. In Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20 is this important statement. It says to the law and to the testimony, If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. The preacher who stands up and announces that God is dead speaks false words. He's a liar. God is eternal and not subject to the vagaries and foibles of man. When someone A mere human being says that God is dead, as Nitschke proclaimed more than a century ago. He sets himself up as one having a higher authority than God himself. Personally, I regard such behaviour as very dangerous, playing God against the mighty ruler of the universe. And I know whose side I prefer to be on. My dear friends, I know there are people who have the temerity to speak against God. There are others who twist God's word and try to make it fit their own views. And all of these people are dangerous. They will lead you astray. Your only safeguard is to check the Bible for yourself. Read it. Study it. Find as many verses as you can that have something to say about a certain subject. Read the context of those verses and do all you can to be properly informed. Then you are much less likely to be deceived by these false teachers. God, my God, is not dead. He's alive and well and is active in my life and in the lives of all those who seek him. Jesus is coming again and it is my purpose to go home to heaven with him and to be with him forever. And I sincerely hope that is your aim too. God is dead? No way. Well, that's it for today. Until next time, may the God of peace be with you and give you assurance and hope.